0: Hey, King of Kings. Welcome back to Beyond Sunday. It is week three and I am so excited uh, for you to be joining us. If you did not listen to week one or week two of this podcast, as we dive deep into the book of Revelation with uh, Dr. Mark Brighton from Concordia University, Irvine, mm-hmm. Uh I would invite and encourage you to make sure you go listen to those because we have had just rich conversations and they're about 15 minutes long. We honestly could go for 150 minutes, but, uh, he's Pacific time. I'm central time. I'm usually in bed about a half an hour ago, so, um, I'm trying not to put him to sleep. Right. So so we're, we're, but we are just having a great, great time going deeper into this magnificent book, which I want to remind you if you've not had the chance or just Kind of shied away from reading the book of Revelation. It begins with "Blessed are those who read this mm-hmm. book." Um, and 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 actually, let, let me let's just start. Let's kick off there. I know I had some questions for week three, but since we're in, it, it says, "Blessed are those who read this book aloud."
1: Mm, yeah, the Is there one anything. The one who reads yes. aloud and those who hear.
0: Okay, so 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 that's not saying you should read it out loud.
1: Well, that's that's sort of how John envisioned it. John envisioned the okay. people in the congregations. You would have someone who would probably read it from first to last. And blessed is the one who reads it, and blessed are those who hear it. Yeah. Hear it. Yeah. Okay. By the way, there uh, so, if you keep track, uh, we were talking about the number sevens uh, a little while ago. Seven yeah. is a – there are seven Beatitudes in the book of Revelation. I didn't know if you knew that. Yeah. There are seven huh. blessings. Yeah. John is really artistic in this book. In any case, that's a little bit of trivia. <laughs> you just that's, said one of them. Well, that's, you just said one of them. That's one of the Beatitudes.
0: Okay, so he shares that seven times. Wow. So you, so you think you're saying that John maybe had the vision or the intention that this would be read um, aloud, mm-hmm. either in a church or a public setting, mm-hmm. and and all the way through.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I, I think probably, Maybe. yeah, yeah. Um, wow. that's what he says. And, and I think as, as you read the Greek, um, the Greek is very vivid and sometimes abrupt. And I think mm-hmm. John did that so that as the reader reads it and it's vivid and abrupt, he's kind of wants those who listen to experience what he experienced when he first received these visions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So blessed well, are all those who occupy themselves with this book. Yeah. Wow. That's a promise. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think you've you've given me an idea. So
1: <laughs> I or John
0: has, I suppose, yeah. now. Um, okay, well, let's dive into these visions, okay. right? So there's an inaugural vision in heaven. Mm-hmm. Chapter four, right, kind of begins this vision of the throne room of God, mm-hmm. the heavenly court, mm-hmm. right? Um what, what what do you see in that? And and actually, there's even this kind of reference back to mm-hmm. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians. And I think this is something most people just kind of gloss over because they're like, wait, what does this mean? I don't understand this word. Paul talks in 2 Corinthians 12, mm-hmm. right, that there's the third heaven. We mm-hmm. we also know Elijah was taken up into the heaven with mm-hmm. the chariots, right? Mm-hmm. And Enoch walks with God. So all these visions are connected. Can you just... Um, how how do we how do we read that and see that and then how do we apply that
1: yeah, a door standing open and the voice says, uh, Come up here and I will show you what must take place and so uh, uh perhaps like Isaiah he's exalted and so he's in the council chamber of God, and there he hears the counsels of God, which Isaiah is given to speak to people um, that's probably what it feels like John. Has said, come up here, and now I'm going to show you. So John now is in the council chambers of God, and he is going to see how the exalted Son of Man will now use his full authority to bring to completion uh, uh, salvation, uh, culminating in a new creation. I think that's what that means, yeah. Uh, these visions, chapter 4 and 5, are extraordinarily important because as you and I see these end times, We see abuse, we see human trafficking, we see suffering, we see diseases, we see death all around us. And, and, uh, and when we see that, uh, it's the adversary would like for our faith to be weakened. Um, no one's in control here. Evil is out of control here. Um, so chapter four and five are extraordinarily important. Chapter four, we see God enthroned over all of creation. And, and some of these things go back to Ezekiel and some of these things go back to Isaiah. For example, the living creatures look like a lion, uh, an ox, uh, the face of a man, and an eagle. Those are the exact creatures in, in Ezekiel. And there they were just representatives of creation. Probably not the four Gospels, as Victorinus suggested, um, but in any case. Um, but God is enthroned. Evil is not out of control. And, and that gives way to uh, chapter 5. In chapter 5, we see that the one who is in control of these end times, the one who has all authority... And who will not allow God's plan of salvation to go off the rails is the Lamb who looks as if it had been slain. The one who gave his life for us is in control, Is has all authority. And that authority is symbolized by the scroll. Uh, When the Lamb opens the scroll, we begin to see the events of the end times. Um, and, And so that's really important. Um when a loved one gets cancer and the isolation of trying to deal with that and the chemo, uh, things are not out of control. Uh, the lamb has given his life for that person. And the lamb has given the victory to that person. And, and the lamb's plan for salvation for that person will not be thwarted. Uh, we see the exaltation of the lamb here in chapter 5 extraordinarily important because after that we're going to see hell breaking loose on earth (laughs) we're going to see horsemen we're going to see demonic torment we're going to see plagues we're going to see all kinds of stuff yeah never lose sight that the lamb will bring to completion his salvation so four and five are extraordinarily important for the outline
0: and And so what I hear you saying too, with four and five is it's a reminder to us that no matter what's going on in your life, that that the lamb, the victorious one of the Lord, mm-hmm. is in control. Mm-hmm. Even when it feels like he's not, even when it looks like all is lost. Mm-hmm. he is.
1: Blessed revelation. Here's another beatitude. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord because they can rest from their labors and their good work deeds follow them. So even when we die on this hill, the revelation, the message of revelation is clear. If you stand in Christ's victory, you win. By the way, if you read revelations through, there are no peaceful deaths. If you're with the adversary, you are going to be thrown into hell eventually if you mm-hmm. are a follower of the Lamb, you will be put to death for your faith. Mm-hmm. Now, well, which one would you rather be? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we would all like a peaceful right. death. Uh, but but Jesus was very clear in Matthew. Uh, Everyone will hate you because of me. They will think they are doing mm-hmm. the work of God. They will persecute you. They will hand you over. Um, and, and, and Paul talks about us fulfilling what is lacking or remaining rather in the sufferings of christ Mm -hmm. that is just as christ laid down his life to extend salvation that's what we're called to do now to lay down our lives to extend that invitation to salvation to others and we see that in revelation the good news is that when we do lay down our lives and we do lose our lives uh, we win. The adversary thinks that he's won when he puts us to death, but it's it's the complete opposite. So again, a lo- uh, nickel a nickel question and a jackpot answer. There you go.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so great.
1: So so
0: would would this be a? Would this be kind of a last second reminder as as we're about to jump into as you said, all hell breaking loose would this be a last last minute reminder by John to the reader to say that uh Satan is bound, Christ is in control, Christ right. is victorious yeah um yeah. in this time though, even though it looks like it, mm. you know, Satan is bound, he's already yeah.
1: Lost. Yeah, Satan's binding is a matter of controversy in chapter 20. Um, Some people Uh think that's the millennium age of heaven on earth. I don't think the apostles ever look forward to that. Um, I think the immediate answer to Satan's binding is if you read chapter 20, when he's unbound, he does what he could not do prior. And what could he not do prior? It's lead all the nations in the four corners of the earth for the final battle. So Satan's binding simply means that he cannot bring in the final battle until God says, okay, now's the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It, it does not mean age of heaven on earth. It does not mean there is no evil on earth. It does not mean right. that the people of God do not give their lives in witness. Uh, it just rather means that uh, Armageddon can't come until everyone has come into the family that God knows will come into the family. Mm -hmm. Matthew 24, 14 again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, Satan is bound now. He cannot bring on again.
0: I recall I I had the opportunity to sit in a few times on your father's revelation class in St. Louis, and I recall him one time vividly saying, um, he said, it's like satan is a chained pit bull uh and he is chained and he is running up with all his bark and with all his venom and at the last second as you're walking on that sidewalk that chain goes tight Mm -hmm. and and he is stuck and he can't get at you Mm -hmm. but then he said gentlemen the moment you step into his yard you're fair game
1: yeah (laughs) that's a good way to put it yeah
0: yeah. And so it was. Yeah. yeah, it was really. It just always it has always stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, about the binding. Let's wrap up here on this session. You mentioned it, and I just think there's something really um, special about this. John has a personal invitation to come up to the throne room. Mm-hmm. And can you just can you just kind of unpack that a little bit to mm-hmm. us about? one just what that means and you know i know that connects you had connected that to isaiah right but like that that personal invitation come right. up
1: yeah yeah come up here and i want to i want you to be part of my council uh, we see it in john um uh, john in his uh, farewell discourse his last supper discourse with the 12 he says um i call you friends I don't call you servants. I call you friends because the servant doesn't know what his master is doing. Mm-hmm. But I call you friends because you know. I I want you to know what I'm doing. I want you to know my plans. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit to to remind you of everything that I've said. And, and so in that vein, through John... The Son of Man is inviting all of us into his council chambers to see how he is going to bring to completion his plan of salvation. We don't have to be in doubt about what's going on to these end times. We don't have to wonder what's going to go on in the Middle East necessarily or in Washington or in Ukraine or wherever else we see fighting going on. I mean, it's important that we pay attention to justice. Mm -hmm. But but we do know that the one who has given his life, the lamb, sits on the throne and has received all authority. And he's revealed to us uh, that he is going to work through his people to proclaim that victory and to finally bring about a whole new creation. And we're, so we're honored to be able to be a part of that plan, not just to know it, but to even be a part of it. Yeah.
0: And and correct me if I'm making a leap here, but is there a connection at all in uh, one of my favorite passages, Ephesians two five and six? Right, when we were dead in our trespasses, we were made alive through Christ. Mm-hmm. By grace we've been saved, and then and raised us up with Him in the seated us in, mm-hmm. with him in the heavenly places mm-hmm. in christ jesus mm-hmm. yeah um, is is there a i mean is that a is that a fair connection too? oh yeah like oh John yeah has been raised up
1: and from an earthly perspective it's uh is we are christ's body christ mm-hmm. is that works through us um and so we uh we as a community of believers represent christ to people so that they the unity on the earth side looks that way yeah yeah uh, we are seated with christ in the heavenly realms and 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 while we still fight against evil here uh he is with us and we are his body and yeah so that unity is definitely there i would agree yeah
0: well this has been just tremendous and um like we said i i know that we have listeners have been saying this should have been longer um, and and we have the joy of we have one more uh, week four and this is where we're going to get into a lot of imagery we're going to talk about seals and trumpets and bulls we're going to talk about animals and even uh the animal that is is forever the lion uh, which is why we should be Detroit Lions fans uh, mm. and the lamb uh, mm. of course but images and colors numbers all these things and mm. so next week is going to be great uh we're all also going to find out too, what is one of the most, uh, from a revelation expert, a scholar in this book, uh, what is one of the most misunderstood themes? And what is one of the most beautiful themes Ooh. to help us Ooh. see this as someone who has just spent, um, much of his career, uh, nearly 40 years now, mm. uh, full-time teaching at Concordia University of Irvine. So join us next week. Again, if you have not listened to uh, week one or two, please do that. And if you haven't shared this with a friend, do that now and uh, go deeper in Revelation. It is a book where we are blessed. We'll see you. Thank you so much, Dr. Brighton. We will see you next week.
1: Okay. Thank you.